Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Hello, everybody. My name is Nigel. That's Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He normally joins us on Monday. It's Monday gun day, but in lieu of recent events, we thought an encore performance was needed from Guy Relford to a attorney, firearms instructor, and host of the Gun Guy program. All right, Guy, you've had a couple hours to take in what was said by Jefferson Shreve with Kendall and Casey earlier today. Your name was brought up at one point. We'll play that soundbite coming up in just a moment. But first, your overall impression of Jefferson Shreve. Well, I, I was, uh, I was disappointed to be honest with you um, in uh, what was and wasn't talked about. I thought it was a missed opportunity, but um, at the same time, I think what we heard is that he's totally bought into this gun control. Uh, proposal that he's talking about where he basically just copied from Joe Hogsett and and he's saying oh no this is this is legit this is really part of my platform uh, I'm a, I'm behind it 100% and was unapolog- unapologetic about that and um, you know and I think Republican uh, voters and and every voter in Marion County ought to take that into consideration but um, I was disappointed that we get, didn't get into some of the tougher issues for instance you know, why would a, a violent criminal uh, suddenly give up their life of crime or stop uh, their propensity uh, to commit violent crimes in Marion County simply because Jefferson Shreve would pass an ordinance that could find them? Right. I think Casey point, did bring uh, Casey, that up. Casey brought yeah. that up. Casey did bring yeah, that up. Casey, and we didn't get a good answer from it from Shreve. He kind of danced around yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, Casey tried to ask him about that, and, and, and it got cut off. But at any rate, I— I was disappointed in it overall, but, you know, in, in terms of the reference to me, and you guys will play that clip, um, he had no substantive defense to my criticisms that I've been very, very vocal about uh, on the radio, on your show, on my show, on social media. Uh, all, all he seemed to want to imply is that I'm, I don't deserve to have an opinion because I only work in Marion County. I don't live in Marion County. Right. So let's play some sound bites here. And I'm going to start with the million-dollar question, why gun control? By conversations with our police leadership. So I've, I've campaigned in the primary, and I'll continue to campaign on being supportive of our police community. So, so the so the IMPD is telling you this is what you need to do to make Indianapolis safer. This is a combination of all of those conversations that I talked about at the front end of this of, of our visit here, uh, in and around the nine townships of Indianapolis. But so, guy, according to Jefferson Shreve, this gun control plan is what pretty much all of the police officers want. I have spoken to a lot of officers that are out there on the front lines right now. This has never been a factor for them. It's a total nothing burger. What about you? Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, yeah, if you go to the brass of IMPD, and we've been talking about this for years, you go to the brass of IMPD, and, you know, should only police officers carry guns or should law-abiding citizens carry guns too? What do they always say? Oh, well, only officers should carry guns. 
you, you go to the rank and file, um, what do they say? They said, look, you can pass all the laws you want to, and the criminals carrying guns on the street are going to continue to carry guns on the street. And it makes no sense to make law, law-abiding private citizens defenseless against armed criminals, and that's exactly what this proposal tries to do. And you know what? We, we, we defeated all these arguments in the General Assembly last year. Yeah, we had IMPD, and yeah, we had Doug Carter, who, again, I have a lot of respect for, come in and argue against us. And we, we, with logic and statistics, we were able to completely blow those arguments out of the water. But Jefferson Shreve, as a Republican, let's, let's always remember that, as a Republican, doesn't want to listen to rank-and-file police officers who know that's a joke, and that he doesn't want to listen to law-abiding private citizens who refuse to be disarmed in the, in, the, in the idea that somehow that promotes public safety. Here is the moment where your name was brought up earlier today, Guy. Tools and accommodations that I am going to argue for that I think are specific to the challenges that we have right here at home. And, you know, Zionsville is a world apart. A, a, a Guy Rilford, uh, whom I don't know personally, but I certainly respect, it lives up in Zionsville. My sister lives in Zionsville. The challenges of public safety in Zionsville are a world apart from other parts of this city. And as a mayoral candidate, I tell you what, I have been in parts of this city that are just so different in terms of what folks have to contend with as they send their kids out the front door. So I guess I'm confused on what he's trying to accomplish there. Are you not allowed to have an opinion on constitutional rights if you live in Zionsville, Guy? Well, yeah, and and let's keep in mind that no matter where you live, and yes, I live in Zionsville, no matter where you live, when you come to Marion County, you're subject to the laws of Marion County. So whatever laws he wants to pass or ordinances, he can't pass a law, whatever ordinances he wants to pass in Marion County, I'm subjected to when I come to Marion County. Where do I spend the majority of my time when I'm a lawyer in court, Marion County? Where did I spend all morning this morning? In the Marion County Superior Court in Marion County. Where do I do my my radio show from? On Monument Circle, right there in the same studio where you guys are. So all the time I spend in Marion County, I'm subjected to Marion County laws. Where did I get accosted by a a violent, threatening uh, homeless guy that was on Monument Circle in Marion County? So to say that I'm somehow out of touch and I don't even deserve to have an opinion on the laws in Marion County is completely ridiculous to me. And is this guy so out of touch that he doesn't understand that there are hundreds of thousands of people who daily go into Marion County that are subjected to the potential violence in Marion County. And oh, by the way, people that don't live in Marion County who may want to go to Marion County to go to downtown, like we've all done for years from surrounding communities to go to, to theater, to go to, to bars or restaurants, to go to other to sporting events in Marion County, does he not understand that we have an investment in safety and the laws of Marion County because we visit Marion County, we do our jobs in Marion County? I mean, Nigel lives in Zionsville where I live. Nigel, where do you spend 60 hours a week or more? Marion County. Yeah, not only that, my, my family, my oh, dad no. lives in a centrally located spot in uh, downtown Indiana. Or, I'm sorry, downtown exactly. Indianapolis. Exactly. So the idea that, oh, no, um, he's out of touch, 
you know, I, uh, I guess he thinks I just lock myself in the basement in Zionsville every day, and I have no idea what's going on anywhere else. But I, I, I work in Marion County. I'm employed by an employer in Marion County, namely same radio station where you guys work. And I don't have an opinion. It's ludicrous. And what that is, is it's a, it's a cowardly attempt to duck my substantive criticism. Why does he come out and say, hey, look, here's all the things guys said on social media or on his show or on Hammer and Nigel's show. Here's why Guy's wrong. He just says, oh, no, Guy lives in Zionsville, so he's not entitled to an opinion. That's a coward, and that's not the kind of person we ought to be voting for. Uh, Guy Relford here. Guy, I know you uh, – let's pivot while we still got you on the phone here. Just real quick, I wanted to get your opinion on this Hunter Biden plea deal and how it fell through. Hunter Biden pleading not guilty – uh, as that 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 sweetheart plea deal fell through at the uh, during the Delaware court appearance, um, I think he was going to plead guilty on misdemeanor tax fraud charges. There was a gun charge in there that there was some question there, and then I think the lawyers, <laughs> I think Hunter's lawyers wanted complete immunity from any future <laughs> charges that that might come down the pike. Um, is there something I'm missing here? What what exactly happened today? I know you I know you concentrate mainly on the Second Amendment, but as a lawyer, what do you what do you see happening? Well, no, I mean this is right in my wheelhouse because first of all, there is a I gun charge. Yeah. What one of the exact charges that he was pleading to, which is lying on a forty four seventy three farm, which by the way, the maximum penalty for that under federal law is ten years in federal prison, and I've I've defended clients in federal court on exactly that charge, and to get. Out of that, essentially, with a misdemeanor or, or even a diversion agreement where you're, it's going to be wiped off your record, that is incredibly rare, especially when it, where there's an administration that's talking about being, quote-unquote, tough on gun crime. Well, the, the first son committed a gun crime, and we're talking about turning our back on that. But here's, where, here's what really caught my attention, guys, and here's what nobody's talking about. Because exactly as you said, the judge asked, would this – would this insulate Hunter from prosecution for future crimes? But here's the specific question she asked, according to the report on NBC that I, re- I read today when I got out of court. And that is, would this protect him from prosecution against failure to register as a foreign agent? She asked about that specifically. And his defense team said, oh, yes, it would. And the prosecutor said, oh, no, it wouldn't. But let's, let's just take one layer off that onion, which is, what is that charge? That's accepting money from a foreign government to influence the United States government. That's what requires you to register as a foreign agent. Yeah, to lobby for a foreign country. So if he got money from, oh, say, Ukraine or a Ukrainian oil and gas company, Burisma, and he was being paid to influence the American government, who would Hunter Biden influence in the American government? His dad? His dad. <laughs> the big guy. So, so what we're talking about is if he got paid by Burisma as a, as a, a totally corrupt effort to influence his dad, then that's failure to, to, to uh, register as a foreign agent. That's what the judge asked about today. And, and suddenly everybody's looking at, at, at the potential to start investigating those issues because this plea deal – was rejected that's huge that's huge and who knows where that goes once that gets subject to discovery suddenly the the the, the government it, it, assuming they're ever willing to starts going into the details of that money and where it went and what hunter did to influence the united states government by her bringing up failure to register as a foreign agent 
that's a huge issue that has implications for the Biden crime family. He is a 2A attorney at law, a Zionsville resident. That is Guy Relford. (laughs) Guy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys.